everybody, welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. I am Eugene Driscoll, a reporter, editor, and whatever else with valleyindie.org, a nonprofit online newspaper covering Ansonia, Derby, and Seymour in Connecticut's lower Naugatuck Valley. So my guest this week on a brand new Naval Gazing is none other than Mr. Larry Dwyer, who lives in Derby. Hello, Larry. Hey, Eugene. What's going on? I just wanted to play this song for Derby since we're both Derbyites. Sure. Derby, Connecticut. What a nice small Connecticut town. They've got just five square miles. That's all they got there. That, that's all I got, plus scary Larry Dwyer. That was that's from, right. from YouTube, the guy who sings songs about cities and towns. Hyphen I've, never, I've never heard of that guy before. Have you? Oh, see, my son no. discovered him. Oh, yeah, he's got Ansonia down. He's got Derby All down. Right. This is one of his weaker ones, but Derby in case you missed it, yeah. and I won't do it again. Is there a uh, Bridgeport one, or does he just stick with the Valley? No, he do, no, he does every town, every municipality in the state, I believe, is oh, represented. Oh, wow. Yeah. Marlboro. Marlboro. I think that's somewhere. I used and to then, smoke those. Oh, no, not me, not me. My parents did. Also, other guests tonight. Maybe you recognize him if you're a hardcore Valley Indie podcast listener. I don't know. Is <laughs> my lifelong friend, my brother from another mother, Mr. Brian Spears. Hello, Brian. Hello, hello. So I think this is Larry's like sixth time on Naval oh. Gazing, the Valley Indie podcast, something like that. I was I was checking the record. Brian's been on like, I don't know, four or five times. And Brian and I do another podcast once a week called Insufferable Bastards. Uh, which is, I think now we can say that's probably, it's the most hated podcast in Connecticut, I feel like, Insufferable Bastards, which I'm proud of. I'll take that. I was going to say, I think I, if that's the truth, I'm sure you take pride in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's something to throw in our promo. Sure. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I've never been invited onto Larry's podcast yet. I'm still waiting I, for that. So I, it's, don't, it's, I don't have a podcast. He just does everyone else's in Connecticut. Yeah, basically. <laughs> People ask me, and I just I just jump in. I yeah, I don't have my own. Larry never says no. Uh, for purposes of this broadcast, Larry is of course the guy behind Connecticut Cult Classics, which is a series of double feature screenings at the Strand Theater, the wonderful Strand Theater, which is at 165 Main Street in beautiful Seymour, Connecticut, right in there the, in the old uh, antique shop uh, zone. There, everything's an antique shop in that area. Every, That's right. Yeah, it, you're like, oh, hey, a new storefront. Oh, it's another antique store. Like, doing yeah, right. They're it's doing insane. It. I've never it, seen so many antique stores. And one getting it done. But <laughs> yeah. Larry, what do you have coming up this week for or this month for Connecticut Cult Classics? Uh, February nineteenth at the Strand. Um, we're doing Night of the Werewolf two, and it's two because we've already done one Night of the Werewolf a few years ago, uh, which was American Werewolf in London and Silver Bullet. Um, but for two, I always knew that I had to do the howling Joe Dante's 1981 film and, um, picking what to play with it. I, I had two that I, I really wanted to show. And it was, it was hard to choose between, um, Neil Marshall's dog soldiers 
and uh, Ginger Snaps. And I went with Ginger Snaps. I thought that that Better would be choice. a lot of fun. I like Dog Soldiers a lot. I really do. But I, I do. I, I prefer Ginger Snaps. I think Ginger Snaps is different. A lot of fun. I think people uh, will really enjoy it. And it's one I've never seen on the big screen. So looking forward to that. Yeah, you recommended Ginger Snaps to me or maybe i just saw it maybe i, I don't want to say he was, it was to me i just assume everything that larry tweets is directed at you. me it is yeah uh so you had said ginger snaps was a good one and it was one i had heard about it for a decade maybe we'll, we'll go into it a little bit uh later because first i want to tackle the howling right and uh and obviously i mean i i think the two most famous i mean okay there's the there, there's the uh, uh wolfman with sure. lon cheney of course lon cheney jr yeah. But of the, I mean, there is like, you know, the, the, the Beatles versus Rolling Stones debate is American Werewolf in London mm-hmm. versus The Howling. Yep. Larry, it is a, you, it's, a, it's a spirited debate, too. People where get, do you stand? I stand with American Werewolf in London. That's, that's my favorite. Um, Rob Capralozzi, who runs Horror News Network and Connecticut Horror Fest, is staunchly howling. Him and Which I is why he this. runs the <laughs> and Larry and I'm works just, yeah. there. And yeah. I just work there. Yeah, I guess I can already see which side of the fence wow. Brian's fall I got. Um, but yeah, I think John Marini also uh, is a howling uh, guy. Oh, so all the, the weirdos. Okay, I got it. All the weirdos yeah. like the howling. Seems that way, doesn't it? But um, talk about yeah. A- I, listen, I love the howling as well. But um, if I pick one, my number one is an American Wolf in London. I agree. I, I just I love an American Werewolf in London. It's just when I was a kid, I thought the Howling. It's a comedy. Was, I, it, I, well, basically, yeah. So is the Howling. Well, the Howling's a scarier movie. But Brian, uh-huh. I wanted to ask you though, because I knew you were going to say the Howling, because because yeah. I know you. Yeah, but man. you're a special effects makeup artist. Oh wait, I forget to I forgot to like. I always forget to play you. Oh, Brian, this is only going to be audio only. But Brian just held up a uh, what is that VHS of the Howling? I no, can't tell. It a, looks like uh, it looks like you're an action figure. figure figure right yeah i got it oh. somebody gave, just gave it to me for christmas one of the guys that work with because i i love this movie oh wow so so brian is a special effect makeup effects makeup artist i'll get it right one of these days and i'm just looking at your imdb right now servant which what that's apple tv you were yeah. part of the crew special I, makeup effects yeah. artist m night Shyamalan. the equalizer you're on uh, the crew of that. I don't know if you know that. Doctor Death in the Heights, Army the Dead, Army of the Dead, The Sinner, Jessica Jones, Villains, Victims, The Swerve, Daredevil, Iron Fist, that. The Look Punisher, The Defenders. It keeps going. It keeps. Orange I, is the new black, ladies and gentlemen. Stakeland. That's my favorite Brian Spears uh, film. There. Depraved. Uh, Dep- Depraved is up there too. That's the a, innkeepers. That's a, you're a big fan of Transfiguration as well. I that's right. I that. always forget that. That's that's dude. That's like really high up on my vampire movie list. I love the train. That was my favorite movie of that year. Completely uh, out of every movie that came out that year, that was my favorite movie. Transfiguration. It's a Great very movie. good movie. Yeah, so I bring really I bring all that up, and I'm bragging about Brian. You know, for one, I got you know, I need to establish cred. You know, for the Valley Indie Podcast, we have very uh, picky listeners. You know what I mean? Uh, and also, I mean, The Howling is famous as is American Werewolf, but The Howling is famous for its transformation, right, Brian? Oh, yeah. How, what did so? What did this mean as a little kid growing up? I mean, you're about what you're pushing sixty five or so. So you were like I'm, twenty. I'm the same this- age as you, buddy. So let's not forget <laughs> that I'm a week older than you. So as as old as I am, as old as as old as you are. Um, 
I, well, I mean, it what? It's the and 80s, it came so out in 1981, 1981. Yeah, so this is the latex monster boom. You know, mm-hmm. this was when practical effects were king. Actually, the howling was originally Rick Baker was going to do the makeup effects. Rick Baker then called his friend John Landis and said, hey, I'm doing this. Or actually, John Landis said, hey, I finally got this movie, which he knew about American World of London for years. It just was one of those pipe dream projects. But he accepted Joe Dante's movie. And then John Landis called and said, well, it's a go. We're going to go make American War of London. So he had to politely refuse, uh, bow out of the house. Politely. We're all mispronouncing words. Politely. But, well, all right. I'm a makeup artist. I finger paint. All right, guys. I'm not this prestigious, you know, I don't write things. I don't even know how to turn the computer on. Um, So he he declined, but offered up his protege of Rick, uh, Rob Bottin to do the effects. and also, Rob Bottin was kind of, I mean, Rob Bottin, if you don't know anybody listening, he is he thing, a god. But, he, yeah, he did the thing the next year. But, yeah. yeah. And he was young. He was like 20 when he did this movie, 19 or 20, like literally. like He was 14 and made masks for Star Wars. Let me ask you, Rob Bottin, is he the special effects makeup guy? I mean, he was a rock star. He's on the cover of Fangoria. I remember reading him as a kid all the time. You know, We don't really have that today. Like Savini, Rob Bottin, Rick Baker. Uh, K&B, I guess, was, was the yeah. last of yeah, the, the probably, rock star well, makeup yeah, stars. Yeah. Was Botin yeah. the guy who kind of went on his own and he sort of disappeared or nobody knows where he He's is? He's definitely is that- disappeared. There's like, uh, there's rumors, you know, you might see him at a bookstore, you know, like the rumor is, and again, this is all speculation from bo- uh, message boards. And this is what know, we're good internet. at. This is why on our other podcast, we got, we get attacked because we just, <laughs> well, no, I'm not. This one I, is researched. It's okay. like some, you know, but I can't confirm it or deny it because no one knows. He's disappeared, but they say he invested wisely in real estate. He's my all-time favorite makeup artist, and that's oh, is he? He's your number one. He's my number one, and I think this this will have also to do with it. Rick Baker, who I think is check out his Instagram feed. That guy is phenomenal. The stuff he's doing, after retirement (laughs) is just amazing. This is like what he does for Halloween is awe inspiring. I was doing some reading before uh, we came on. And like uh, Larry had said, it's directed by Joe Dante, released in 1981, stars D. Wallace, and essentially the makeup of Rob Bottin. Again, released the same year as American Werewolf in London and Wolfen. And nobody and remembers Wolfen, Wolfen yeah. and, and yeah. deservedly so. Yeah, that, that kind of gets forgotten in the mix. <laughs> Who's it, <laughs> Albert Finney? Albert Finney, yeah. Yep. Yep. Isn't Albert Finney essentially, uh, what's his name from Succession, the father? Is that Cox? Brian what's Cox, it? yeah. Isn't that the same guy, right? Can, can anybody disprove that? <laughs> they could be the same role. That is totally Might true the now. Same dude. So I was reading this thing. It was the oral history on the 40th anniversary of The Howling from something called Consequence.net, uh, The Howling Oral History. And The Howling was essentially birthed by the same people who came from Roger Corman's New yep. World Pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the producer, I guess, was a guy, Robert Remy, R-E-H-M-E, who had been Corman's head of distribution. And then there was a Joe Dante, you know, who went on to become who sort wrote of it? The, somebody else that wrote it. Uh, John Sales. Yeah, John Sales. And yeah. they, he had all three of them had come from Roger Corman's world. Uh, John Sales went on to become, you know, an indie god of the 80s into the 90s. And I guess now it's eight it men out, like he's man. A, he made eight men out, didn't he? Mate one, eight men out, Return of the Secaucus 7, Lone Star, Sunshine State. And now, I, I mean, I assume he's just like a ghostwriter or a script doctor because he's sort of faded away now that everything is a Marvel movie. So he probably wrote <laughs> Iron Man 9, you know what I mean? We just, he doesn't take the credit. 
Uh, there's also like rightfully deep, so, or smartly so. There's sort of deep connections to Connecticut with the Howling. If you, this is kind of a stretch, but the Howling was produced by Avco Embassy. Yep. Embassy was a a movie studio, sort of a, a a small movie studio that had been around for a while. 1967. It's bought by Avco. Uh, Robert Remy headed Avco from 1967 until 1982. Uh, no, I actually have that wrong. From 1967 to 1982, the parent company of Avco Embassy was Avco, an aerospace industry manufacturer headquartered in Greenwich with a wow. manufacturing plant on the Housatonic River right across from Sikorsky Airport. So practically you can see the Housatonic River from my backyard if I was ever to invite anybody over. Uh, in addition to the howling, Avco Embassy's lineup in movies included, according to a 1981 article from the New York Times, Time Bandits. Oh, I love oh. Time Bandits, man. Phantasm. Ooh. Wow. The right. Fog. Scanners. Oh, yeah. Prom Night. Escape from New York. And Watership Down. Oh, wow. Yeah. That well, Watership that, Down. That slid in there, but. <laughs> Watership Down was the uh, yeah you guys know that one right that was uh, the, the 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 rabbit movie the rabbit just, movie the rabbits yeah yeah don't you, you yeah. remember renting that like in VHS as a kid and suddenly like it was a little kid, like you would think were, yeah you thought it was a kids movie and it's all these total, kids died it was the best yeah. like I was traumatized for life uh so yeah and he said in this New York Times article where they profiled him because he was a big deal I guess they went from you know they make movies for like three million dollars and make a hundred million like in in 1979. Uh, one of Avco Embassy's first successes under Mr. Remy was Phantasm, a low-budget horror film that Mr. Re Remy frankly admits, quote, didn't make sense, unquote. <laughs> I think I on it. our other podcast, we called that the Mandy of like the like it's like a, a, a 70s version of Mandy. Phantasm. I, don't, I, I yeah. only saw it late. I think that was probably the first yeah, time I really watched, watched it. it. We all just kind of re-binged it. And, and uh, yeah, it, it's awful. So is whoa, anything? Whoa, whoa. Any, oh, you, oh, you're you're a Phantasm fan? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, Angus Scrims oh. right here. <laughs> oh, Larry has yeah, Larry is pointing to our for our audio listeners there. He's pointing to one of his two or three tattoos, and yeah. he's got the tall man. I'm hey, Spears right worked. Wrist. Spears worked with Angus Scrim. I did. On what? On I sell the dead. Oh, okay, awesome. That's great. I met him once. Real and it nice was guy. really cool. Yeah, I met him. I met him a couple times. I was on set a few times with him, and then uh, I remember he. Uh, he wrote an article. I didn't have much dealings with him, and he included me in his article about oh, that's or awesome. his experience. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. That is cool. I love people like that. Rest his rest his soul. And he was you know, a prolific writer. He used to write liner notes for the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Wow. Um, I think it was at a weekend of horrors. He did a uh, a panel, and he was somebody asked him about that. I I was like, what? Whatever no award idea. you would win for that, he won for that mm -hmm. too. He was like very like celebrated like liner note writer. Yeah, yeah, I remember that that being discussed, and I was just kind of uh, shocked at no. Like idea. acting was like a side thing for him. Good for him. So, Larry, about the howling. Uh, sure. Before we move on to the next one, uh, what else should people know about this? And then I guess like I mean we should say like it's Saturday, uh, February nineteenth, right? Did we say that that's already? That's absolutely and correct. How do people get tickets? Uh, www.connecticutcultclassics.com. The trick is you need to know how to spell Connecticut. Otherwise, you're not getting to the website. So hopefully if you live here. Why? I've never been there. Sorry. <laughs> I know. That's why I try to go and I can never buy tickets. Every month yeah, I'm like, www, and it never works. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what it is. That's why you've never been to a show. And then I'm like, hey, John, from the Pine of Comics, can you uh, can you can you snag me some tickets? You know, I, I, I don't know how much I Venmo that guy over the years. Oh, yeah, he's not anything. Helping. He's not helping you. Absolutely not. He wants to keep it all to himself. But yeah, Connecticut cult classics dot com uh, tickets available. Plenty of raffle prizes, giveaways, a good time to be had by all. Lots oh, yeah. of great what are, trailers. What's some of the crap you're giving away? Oh, we've got um, I've got an autograph eight by ten of um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Emily Perkins from Ginger Snaps. I've got uh, some full size uh, one sheets of the Howling and Ginger Snaps um howling uh the novels because it was you know as you know based, based on, on a novel. novel yeah the colony or something like that or it was called, it was the, howling. called the howling oh it was, yeah. cool. it was yeah. called the hell yeah but i i've never read it but i hear it's quite different uh oh, yeah. quite, quite they made different. a bunch of bunch of changes they made like a in one of the prior uh one of the latest sequels which i've never made it up to there's like eight of supposedly, them supposedly right? yeah something like that there's one supposedly closer to the book oh okay like in the All last right. one that was made or whatever Yep. Our friends at Weirdo Wonderland uh, donated something that I don't even know what the heck it is. It's a giant howling video disc. Oh, I don't even like remember. A laser disc or something, huh? That's I called it a laser disc. He's like, no, no. This is a video disc. Completely different. Uh, but I guess he, he explained it as like the same thing with uh, what was it with Blu-ray? It was Blu-ray and there was something else that came out at the same time and the Blu-ray one. UHD uh, or something? Or, something uh, like I, that, yeah. But he explained it as the same thing. Video disc and LaserDisc came out at the same time and LaserDisc was the winner. So, yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff to give away that night. It'll be fun. Now, how are you doing in terms of, I mean, you've been doing this for a while now, right? These screenings essentially once a month. Of course, the pandemic, you had to take some time off as to not mm-hmm. uh, to spread your dirty germs. <laughs> But now are people coming back like the the, the last one or are people be uh, comfortable and the numbers are, are dipping now? No, there's uh, the, there. It's it's a smaller it's a smaller audience. I'd say we're about uh, about a third of uh, pre pandemic numbers. Um, but you know what? We still got to have fun. We still got to you know get people in there. I make sure people know, listen, if you're not vaccinated, where am I? I'm not checking cards. I'm just holding people to their, you know, good word. You know, just just be safe, be be careful and let's let's have a good time because we need a good time. People need to have fun. There's a serious lack of fun in the world right now. So mm. speaking of that, let's talk time. about Joe Rogan. And no, I'm just kidding. I don't want to talk about it anyway. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. You know, I had asked John Paul Marini there, the who does uh, who's involved with the Knights of Columbus, mm-hmm. the, the group that owns the, the Strand Theater. And he does a sci-fi at the Strand. I'd ask if there's anything else coming up uh, at the Strand. I guess they're sort of, it's like a hiatus. This is like, Larry, you're the uh, you're the guy putting on an event in the winter there. But he said, uh, tell Larry, Ginger Snaps is weak. Oh, yeah, he doesn't, he's not a fan. And, not we, a fan. and you should be showing Howling 2. It's probably a white sister. cisgender male, that is why. You have yeah. to be more enlightened to like that movie. He I said, "You so. should be you should be showing showing Howling to my sister is a werewolf." No, no, I probably shouldn't. No, that's no. the Sybil Danning yeah. one, right? That's With that Sybil ending? Danning oh, one. Yeah, let's let's go on. I got. I want to. The only the only problem. Be, I don't with- want people writing to uh, my funders. The problem with showing sequels. You can't as do a sequel. Of a that's the whole. Yeah, that's as part stupid. of a double feature is normally the sequel is weak, and you have to end with it. Yeah. You you want to end with your? I mean, for you guys. 
obviously when I did Texas Chainsaw Massacre one and two and I ended with two, you would have thought that that was, you know, well, you should have played the two twice. Yeah. You just should have played the part two twice. <laughs> so I would have went. You would have went to that if I played two twice. Hey, how I, bad does that? How bad is that Netflix Texas Chainsaw thing going to be? Let's be honest, oh. no one's listening. That's oh, awful. did you did you see what I said about the trailer? I watched the trailer. How once. old is is Leatherface? It's he's got to be like seventy five, yeah. eighty. That but movie the, came out. Did the you year- watch the trailer, Brian? Did you watch the trailer? Oh yeah. It's it's so it's basically like it starts out as Ghostbusters Afterlife with the kids moving into the ghost town. And then you've got Sally talking about I've been waiting my whole I'm like, now it's Halloween kills. What's going on? Whatever that whole then they do the monstrous gore scene. Yeah. Which is just oh my god. Well, I just think like Leatherface coming out of the whatever the the Texas poppies, whatever that is. I don't know what that was. That, and they're like they they're they're trying to like play that off like it's some type of iconic shot and it just looks ridiculous like why is he in there what does he he just rises slowly did he <laughs> know he, he was being filmed yeah i don't was that for his yeah. insta i don't know i mean i'll watch of course i'll watch yeah it. I, watch I, it the day I, it comes actually, out i'm actually intrigued i like that it's this. gonna be on netflix yeah and so. i think here's the thing the movie was supposed to come out theatrically and the, mm-hmm. they were like, no, this ain't going to happen. We're just going to oh, sell wow. it right to Nick. It, it hasn't like 19 directors and 100 writers. And everyone exactly. keeps getting it's fired. One of those, so it, that's, it's one that's of those never a good sign. That if if back in the day this was a theater movie, this would be a February movie when, when they just dump all the movies. You know? Netflix yeah. got it out of the bargain bin, whatever. That and some Dutch crime procedural. But that makes me want to watch it a little bit more because I can watch it Saturday at 7 in the morning, not caring. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's See, and, and yeah. An- I'm an idiot, though. I still if it was in the theater, I would go. I went to see that. I hate I I knew these Halloween movies were going to be horrible. I was there opening night. I know Scream was going to be horrible. I was there opening. I don't even like the first Scream that much. But it's just if it's I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the theater and watch it. So I'm glad that this is opening on Netflix so I don't have to spend money because I would. I would. Now I get to uh, save money. I know, Larry, you're a giant Friday the 13th, the game fan yeah and i don't know if you heard i mean that game sort of it it it, uh it fell by the wayside because of the lawsuit yeah between sean cunningham and the original screenwriter but gun media the company behind the game and it's a great game and everyone should be playing it on saturday nights with me until four in the morning unless Mm. you have some type of life they're they're making the texas chainsaw massacre it's going to be coming out soon so are they gonna like support it for a year and then just completely give up on it well, like they did for the Friday. I, I, no, because the rights are well, available. Have, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, stop, right. stop, stop. Oh, no, I'm just Don't asking. I'm also, I will say this. Media. Out of all the franchise horror movies, Chainsaws are my favorite. Okay. Uh, I don't think I could say that. The yeah, first one is the first one is a top three movie all time for me, but the rest of them, the two is great because it's funny and stupid. But the rest of them are just awful. Like I mean, they're no they're no more awful than any Friday Thirteenth, any ah, Nightmare right. Elm Street. And I guess I just I like that it's a real person and not an entity that keeps yeah, coming yeah. back and back. An and unkillable, back. And yes. unkillable. Yeah, I get it. All right, let's take a quick break so we can hear a word from our sponsor, uh, Dworkin Chevrolet of Derby. Another quiet, tranquil day in Derby. Oh no. Not chainsaw chuck again. There's no dicker, dicker's gotta go! There's still room to negotiate! These prices are too high! I don't think it's the prices that are too high. I'll cut them up like a steak I ever lunch! 
these I'll go on permanently. I've calmed down now. I'll cut till we negotiate the right price. Dworkin Chevrolet, Seymour Avenue, Derby. I hope everybody likes that high-pitched squeal, but that's a commercial uh, from the 80s that's available on YouTube, and I just can never get enough of it. All right, so the next part of the broadcast here, the, my guests are Larry Dwyer of Connecticut Cult Classics and Mr. Brian Spears of uh, a bunch of stuff that I read earlier and, and grew up two houses away from me. Uh, the next part of the show is called Larry's Hot Takes. Uh, Larry, you often appear on Pina Comics, which is Correct. a Connecticut-based pop culture podcast. And in a recent appearance, mm -hmm. and, and for the record, this is episode 224, released January 15th, 2022, Your Honor. You said... Well, here, quote. <laughs> I should, yeah, well, I should say here, I tried to pull a clip, but you got, first of all, you're talking about, ostensibly, you're talking about a short circuit the old uh, children's movie about the dumb robot, which was horrible yeah. the day it was released. Oh. But I can't, I couldn't pull a, clear, a, a clip because they curse, these guys curse nonstop every other <laughs> word. Do. So you they said, uh, I quote, tremors, tremors, I hate tremors. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did say You know that. who liked tremors, so you like Short Circuit? <laughs> Nobody likes Brian's Short Circuit. Oh. Oh, all right. I'm just getting confused. No, 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 no. He just no. Somehow they brought up tremors, just like we're bringing up tremors. Uh, uh, Roger Ebert liked tremors. Uh, you know who didn't like tremors? Gene Siskel. So you're the Gene Siskel. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll be Gene. What's your problem with tremors? Never. I just never. I don't know, man. Fred yeah, Ward. Fred Ward. Kevin Bacon. Reba McIntyre. Yeah. I don't. Reba McIntyre. I don't. I don't know, man. You know what? I'll, I'll, I thought I'll it's admit Reba, this. not Reba. Reba. I, think I, I thought I said Reba. When did it come out? 1990-ish? Yeah, I, I think 1990. I'll say that. I saw it when it came out, and I haven't seen it since. I didn't enjoy it then. Wow. I've never seen it since, and I've never seen any of the sequels, which I know there are several of. Everybody yells at me about this, so I feel like I, I might have to give yeah, it another offended. shot. I, don't, I was offended. I have nothing against Kevin Bacon or Fred Ward, for that matter. I'm a fan of Fred Ward, actually. Uh, I don't really remember why I hated the movie, but I just remember I saw it and I didn't I didn't enjoy it. I reached out to John Amenta from Pine of Comics and I said, uh, give me two scary Larry hot takes that I can ambush with him yep. or ambush him with. And OK, he answered, didn't know Steve McQueen was in the original blob. I know it's I, not that I didn't know. I just couldn't. No, there's no, only actually, one. I didn't know. It's the one that stars Kevin Dillon. I get it, man. I get it. That's funny that you should bring that up because no. we might be we might be seeing that soon. But oh. anywho, anywho, it's going to be the Blob and Platoon, something like that. Kevin Dillon double feature. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to do. The you Blob do and that. Platoon. <laughs> That's that's a solid double feature. And then I, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I did get that wrong. I did get the Steve McQueen uh, wrong in a trivia. Uh, trivia game we played oh that's what it was all right so then amenta though and i'm sure let, tell me the truth did amenta run back to you and say that this was coming did he did nope. he no he didn't all right i don't believe you i uh, wouldn't I'd, I'd tell you you guys are like a sewing circle but uh the, the other thing so i, I wanted one more right and yeah. amenta then he he gives me that and then like three seconds later he says what is this for the show and then i just respond i go i ask the questions here <laughs> 
He just says, good Lord. And then he doesn't, that's it. He has ceased communication. That's the last I heard from. So thanks for uh, 50% uh, of, of well, you got two, if you it got... wasn't for the show, what is what he going to call? But if it I, wasn't I'm the one that picked show, out the first one. Huh? If it wasn't for the show, what does he think you're going to, you're going to blackmail Larry? I, with, I like, think he thought, like, yeah, I was going to get wait. fired. I'm going to get fired from my day job. I was going to go across. I was going to go across <laughs> to the other side of Derby. And just leave Grappoids laying out in his yard. I was going to wait for Larry to walk his dog and start going like, yo, Tremors, <laughs> shaking my fist at him. And then I was going to put it on the Derby community page. We could argue about it for uh, 10 years. Oh, All right. Goodness. So the other flick uh, to sort of wrap this uh, up is uh, Ginger Snaps. Uh, came out in the year 2000. In the year 2000. It was uh, written by Karen Walton, directed by John Fawcett, Catherine Isabel as Ginger, Emily Perkins as Bridget. And essentially, at the base level, the simplest description of this plot is that it's a teenage girl who becomes a werewolf, and, and it's her journey. That's at the very basic. It, it's actually her and her sister, and, and it's all sorts of, it's like a feminist horror movie. But let's uh, play a quick clip of the actress, Catherine Isabel, who played Ginger in an interview I randomly stole off the internet. It's probably copyright infringement. In so many iconic roles over the years, from Ginger Snaps to Hannibal to, uh, to American Mary, um, what's the most, most uh, which one is uh, the one that you get most? I'm actually not going to play the interview. I just like the fact that at the beginning there, she's chewing her fingernails and breathing, and for some reason they mic'd her weird, and they just left that in the interview. Nice. In so many iconic roles over the years, from Ginger Snaps to Hannibal to, uh, to American Mary. It's a little, little, little ASMR action uh, on there. So, like, I mean, I guess you, you sort of described why you chose uh, Ginger Snaps. Uh, and I guess my personal experience, like I was starting to say at the beginning of the broadcast, I mean, I heard about this movie, but mm -hmm. I don't know. At the same time, in, in my closed mind, I put it with like... Uh, what is that? Uh, Twilight. I thought it was like a oh, WB. No, I thought it was like no, Kevin no. Williamson horror because it was like, no. oh, it's teenage girls who are, are werewolves. This is happening. No, it's pretty dark. I mean, it's 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 got comedy, but it's pretty dark, man. It's you know these two two sisters who were you know both uh, coming up on puberty. Uh, yeah, it's it's Catherine Isabel a is the movie. That's basically it's all a metaphor for you know, becoming a woman and they, neither of them want to be, a, they make a suicide pact to, to kill themselves by 16. If, you know, if they can't get out of the town that they live in, uh, they're obsessed with death. They do all these, you know, gags where they take pictures of themselves impaled on fences and hanging. And, you know, they're kind of goth, I guess you would call them goth. It's a, so like there's comedy, but it's a pretty dark movie. Um, other than, I mean, Brian can obviously comment on this a lot better than me, but other than the actual werewolf when they get to it, I think the effects are really solid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the werewolf itself looked rubber and silly, but thankfully it's just, it's held to the end and you only see it for a couple seconds. They were smart about that. But the other effects are, are, are really solid for, um, you know, a 20 something year old indie film. It's also uh, a cheap one. It's not what you know. They didn't have yeah. a huge budget for this. This was no. a very low budget, and movie. I think it's also, one of those that kicked around for a long time before they could actually get it made. I think they were and, talking about it for like five years before they even got approval. I think too in this world. I mean, this woke world where we have to, like, every studio is clamoring to make a female-driven thing. It's but where it's almost forced. 
like right. the reason I, I mean, we we've talked, I think everyone's talked in this world about le- uh, yellow jackets mm-hmm. and like how that's a strong woman show. Like it, 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 you know, this is ginger snaps is a smart movie. It's smart. It's relevant. Whereas yep. you said, Oh, it's twilight. It, it will, or you would think it's like twilight. It, it's like, can be, of that era like yeah it's there's not nothing that. forced about it there's nothing yeah, forced about like, it and it's, tw- it's 20 years ahead of its time because it's totally t- told from a, a a female perspective particularly uh, uh you know teenage girls which is yes you never and see that in very, horror uh, up to that point it's way it's ahead of very, its time mm-hmm. yeah it's way ahead of its time when it was made and, like, and a damn good the- movie like it, i i was i was it knocked me out i mean i just i watched it on tubi like during mm-hmm. you know i had a week off at christmas and i was expecting nothing and i was like wow it's just a damn good movie. Like, yeah. You know, people are like, oh, for, you know, th- when people are talking about certain movies, they're like, oh, for an indie, this is good. Or, oh, for a horror movie, this is good. No, this is just no, it's a, good a good movie. movie. Exactly. It looks like it was made for nothing. I mean, it looks cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, even so, although it's got Mimi Rogers in it at the start, out of the blue, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cause you know, you know, just, like, yes. just, just the fact that she decided to do that movie, she must be uh, cool as heck. But yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think, about... I don't think Catherine Isabel had done anything relevant at that point. I mean, she was American Mary later and she's been in Frey versus Jason and other things, but I think she was relatively unknown at that relatively point. unknown. If not, um, she might've done some TV cause she's Canadian, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Canada. Yeah. So she might've done like local stuff that we wouldn't know. Yep. Emily Perkins was Beverly Marsh in the uh, original it miniseries. But other than that, again, same thing. She probably did some stuff up there. I don't know. Was Degrassi around back there? Maybe she was on Degrassi. Who knows? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> but it, it, I mean, it looks pretty cheap, but it all works. I love it. You know, like Clerks. You know, Clerks kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and even though it looked and some of the performances are wooden and it, you can tell these these aren't maybe classically trained uh, actors, but still, for whatever reason, that uh, Magic in a Bottle and it was a great movie. And this sort of reminded me of that. It's always great when you get a totally fresh take on something that is just so much more than it should be. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I hope people go see it too. I'm actually bummed that I, uh, decide, well, you know, Larry, I wish you had told me you could, you could give me a little hint, you know, I wouldn't have rented it on freaking Tubi. But, yeah. Uh, that's yeah, you, you could still, you could watch it again. You know, there's, there's no, flaw. I guess I'm weird like that. I only, like, I, I watch everything once. I mean, you know, okay. Goodfellas, I'll watch a couple of times. All right. All uh, right. but yeah, that's about but, it. But back to what Brian was saying about show. That's that's one of the things I like about doing these double features is first, I like to show movies that I know people probably did not get a chance to see on the big screen. I was lucky when I was five years old. My parents were taking me to the candlelight picks driving in Bridgeport. So I got out to see a lot of this crap. But a lot of people our age and especially younger certainly didn't. So I like to let them see something like the howling that they've you know, never got a chance to see on the big screen. They, I'm sure they saw it 60, 60 times at home, but seeing it on the big screen is a whole different experience. And then I like to try to partner it with something that they maybe haven't seen at all or heard of and, and just maybe, you know, hopefully will be happy with. Usually they're not when I show something like that, but hopefully I think will. this is one of your better like double features, like because I do think I do think Ginger Snaps is a hidden gem. I Where, did, yeah. you know, like it's very much I don't think people have seen this movie. The other thing I wanted to touch upon maybe real fast and then we'll call it a night because it is a uh, we're recording this on a Thursday night. It's nine o'clock. It's way past my bedtime. Oh. CT Horror Fest. Yep. Is allegedly returning 
to the town of Naugatuck, or is it a borough? I never know. I think to it's the, a town. I thought to, it was a town. To Rubber Avenue. Yep. <laughs> the Naugatuck Events Center in yep. September. That's the word. Different this time is it's going to be 48 hours. I don't know if it's exactly 48 hours, but you know what I mean. It's Definitely not. Yeah, we're it's not over going the, straight. We're, <laughs> we're not going two 24-hour days straight. It's over the course of two days. And I don't think we've talked to you since that decision was made because no, you're always so. you and Johnny Amenta are always like gossiping and yeah know, and he's, he's always like don't talk yeah. to Eugene I'm like okay yeah so <laughs> why how, what, what what triggered the decision to add an extra day to, and CT Horror Festival if anybody doesn't know it's a, it's a horror festival autograph show uh, up in Naugatuck the last one September 21 uh 2021 massive like it was like yeah. it was a lot of people a lot of people so so because is the plan to kill Jake the Snake Roberts this time because the AC wasn't working in September yeah. and Jake yeah, the and Snake J was Jake the Snake was having trouble and Jake was in the you're bringing him back the this AC, time we're gonna do him in we got him two days Jake sit there the and AC take it. was working in the part that that Jake was in that's the funny part Jake was in the the part of the, the building where the AC was working he wasn't even in the part that was uncomfortable and 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 hot um so yeah I mean think, just, did Mayor Hess get on that I think that's his name. Did you get it? They yeah. fix that or what? They're I working on it. Uh, they're working on it. We, we, uh, well, Rob and Christine went to them with a list of things that need to happen to that building. And of course, one of them was the AC and it, the list was agreed to. So uh, supposedly they're working on that and some other things, uh, some other issues that we brought up and, you know, decided based on the size of the crowd uh, last year that it's time to, up the ante and and see what a two day would look like. Um, so we're gonna do it. We're gonna roll those dice and and do a Friday and Saturday. Uh, we talked about a Saturday and Sunday, but you know you've been to a lot of conventions. Sundays just always seems like a drag of a day. Uh, Sundays at conventions. We used to never... stay to Mondays. Yeah, me and Brian would. Generous. We would. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is that is that's pretty pretty low. Walking but, out of uh, a horror convention on a Monday <laughs> we, morning. Leave out a Monday. Should experience like that once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we we were like, let's do Friday and Saturday. Fridays, people are excited. Get out of work. Go to horror fest or take the day off. Whatever. Um, so we'll see what happens, man. I think I think it'll be um, it'll be exciting. We've got some. I think we've announced three guests so far and we've got some other ones uh, up our sleeve that it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, that's Holy cool. And I just observed the other day there that you got CT horror fest going to two days. So that uh, bumps it up a level there. And then you got, uh, you know, three or four hours away in Southern Jersey, you got monster mania getting mm -hmm. the cast of Dexter. I mean, so that's, yeah. So and Jennifer uh, Carpenter. Luck. Yeah, Jennifer and Michael fan. Michael Hall, Michael C. Yep. Hall, Anthony Michael Hall, Evil Dies Tonight. I don't know. But, different. Uh, yeah, it's a different hall. Yeah, so a lot of good stuff. Brian, did you want to jump in there? Were you saying something before we wrap it up? Nope. <laughs> oh, and I just killed my mojo. I thought you wanted to say something about my Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, I did work with him. Oh, on, um, on what? Cold in July. All him right. and Sam Shepard. All the right. Great Sam he was Shepherd. really cool. I'll say that. He was really cool. Anthony Michael Hall was really and Sam Shepard. Oh, Sam Shepard was so cool. Oh, awesome. I remember I was doing a makeup on Ant uh, <laughs> Michael Hall. Evil guys tonight. <laughs> um, I was doing a makeup on him and tonight. like Sam, I was playing Neil Young's decade and Sam came down and sat at the makeup 
room and just hung out and listened to it. And they kept saying, like, how long is it? How long are you going to take for this changeover? And he just looked at the PAs that were harassing. He's like, today's all about him. It was all about, he was like, it was all about me today. He could take as long as he wants. We're not leaving until this album's over. And we, he sat there <laughs> yeah. and listened to Neil Young. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Like, I like jokingly said, oh, you should record that for me so i can have this all the time like when a pa knocks on the door and like can you hurry the makeup changeover up yeah. it was so cool he just sat there and listened and like i mean i he probably hung out with neil young you know what i mean he's that contemporary yeah. like you know like i could ask stories and he would but it was just to see him just sit there in a chair legs folded just listening to neil young was like the coolest thing i've ever seen awesome. take that joe rogan <laughs> you meathead all right so I guess, uh, Larry, is there anything else you wanted to add before we call it a night here? No, I mean, uh, you know, we were talking about Connecticut Horror Fest. You can check out the guests we've announced and uh, at uh, cthorror.com. Uh, tickets will go on sale spring, early spring. So check that out and get some tickets. If you're a vendor, you know, there'll be a vendor form out there. You can reach out and get a table. Good time. It's one of my favorite horror shows. I'm Actually, it's my favorite horror show now. Um I think a lot of them, and maybe maybe I'll change my mind now that you added two days and it gets so busy. I like that it was, it, okay. it's a very community driven uh, yeah. uh, convention. That's sort of what I like. You know, it yep. it hasn't exactly got too huge yet, right? Which is you know a good thing. I think you know you really can hang out. And I know this because we've been past vendors there. Your your guests are very open to hanging out with people and talking to people like it's except not a, comics well yeah you know that's because that lloyd guy scares everyone away he just flashes his muscles oh yeah and uh but like i just remember the guys from the thing came over we had like oh, yeah, it was yeah, very was cool. it was really cool like they're they're yeah. more they're more well, michael j white a lot of bigger over. shows is it so populated you can't get a second and like yeah. what's nice about the show you can get a you know you can get Let's, your face time that's one of the things we think about when we're thinking about guests is we try to like somebody brings somebody up, uh, just say, for instance, um, I, I don't know. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but then the next question is, OK, who's met him before? Like, is he is he a cool guy or is he just one of those head down, sign your autograph, move along? Because we don't want those people. We want we want guests who are going to give a good fan experience, people who are, you know, super happy and excited to meet guests like you know uh, irony singleton from the walking dead was like one of the best guy he remembered everybody's name hugging people like that's what you want you know we just want people to have a good time meeting these people you don't want somebody who's just an autograph machine not looking up and saying hi to people so that's one of the things we it's, it's literally the first thing we talk about when a guest is uh you know uh presented to us we're like who's met him and is he is he nice or is she nice or that's it so I, I just think it makes for a better experience when it, when the guest is a, a nice person all right with all that being said i want to thank you scary larry dwyer for coming on the uh the program tonight and mr brian spears as always nice to see you again and uh, i guess i'll end with some old radio ads or radio call letters from the old uh wads in ansonia WADS, Sansonia Stratford Trumbull.
Good evening, residents of the great city of Ansonia. This is Mayor David Cassetti. That's it. For hundreds of years, we've brought you the news. 